RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. The Home Affairs Chief says sorry as he's forced to quarantine after partying at an event attended by a person who tested positive for COVID. Exco member Regina Ebb questions how busy officials found the time to go to the banquet and members of the public take the last opportunity for a night out ahead of new regulations. The Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi has apologised on Facebook as he headed to quarantine after going to a banquet attended by a woman who's since tested preliminary positive for COVID. It's emerged tonight that Alan Fung, a political assistant to the Development Bureau, will also be quarantined over the party. Mr Fung was not among 10 officials earlier identified by the chief executive, Carrie Lam, as attending the event. Eight of those left before the woman arrived. It's not clear whether the immigration chief, Ao Kawang, will be considered a close contact. Mrs Lam says she's disappointed. My colleagues apparently uh, have not taken the advice of the Secretary for Food and Health, so how could they set a good example for the people of Hong Kong? But I would uh, advise that in looking at these colleagues, uh, maybe a distinction should be drawn between um, one who spent the whole night on the occasion and hence put himself in a highly risky situation that requires him to be quarantined, and others who just drop by and to say hello or to congratulate uh, the host and, and then left. The banquet's host, Whitman Hung, apologised for causing inconvenience. He said all guests were vaccinated and used the Leave Home Safe app. He said the patient attended the event when most guests had already left and did not eat. Executive Councillor and lawmaker Regina Ebb says she was surprised to hear that so many senior officials attended the party, hosted by Whitman Hung, a local deputy to the National Legislature. Well, it's not just Casper. I was surprised that so many senior officials would attend one birthday party. I myself, I find that I don't really have much time for partying. When the government was already aware of the Omnicom threat, you know, that so many senior officials would congregate at, at a social event. Mrs Epps says Mr Choi did not attend the Exco meeting on Tuesday and she's not concerned about getting infected with COVID herself. Health officials say they're investigating more preliminary positive COVID cases with apparent links to previous patients. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Chuan Shukwan says the latest positive tests include a woman who ate breakfast in a mall restaurant in Causeway Bay at the same time as a cafe flight attendant's mother. The situation is a bit worrying and every day we are receiving some preliminary positive cases, although some of them, at least up to now, they seem to be linked to the previous cases. But uh, we are seeing transmission among uh, church attenders, among those who attend the same restaurants or uh, in the dancing uh, class. So we cannot exclude the possibility there will be more cases coming out. Five local cases were confirmed today, all linked to previous infections. And the government has ordered overnight lockdown and testing operations for five buildings in Happy Valley, North Point, Aplechow, Martin Shan and Taipo after residents tested preliminary positive for COVID-19. Officials hope to complete the work at around 7 in the morning. Ahead of the introduction of social distancing restrictions tomorrow, there's been a steady flow of people heading to soon-to-close cinemas and gyms or taking a last chance to eat in a restaurant after 6 at night. Some said they understood the rules, while others were unhappy. RTHK spoke to people heading to watch a movie in Admiralty. 
We just came to watch a movie. I haven't watched a movie for a long time. We knew that it's the last day of the cinema opening, so、um, we decided yes, today is the date. With cinemas, I don't really get it because, like, we do have social distancing, like precautions and stuff, and like if we can eat during lunchtime. <laughs> Why can't we eat during like dinner time? I don't really understand that. But well, anyway, there's not much we can do. And the weather mainly fine, becoming cool tomorrow morning. The minimum temperature will be about 16 degrees in the urban areas, a few degrees cooler in the new territories. Maximum temperature around 21 degrees during the day. Moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds. They will be occasionally strong offshore at first. The outlook it'll be mainly fine over the weekend, still cool in the morning. And becoming cloudier on Monday. The temperature now 19 degrees, humidity 81 percent. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The Housing Authority says it estimates that it will have enough funds to build 100,000 public flats over the next five years. The authority says surpluses from its commercial properties and sales of subsidised flats should offset the deficit from rental housing. The chairman of its financial committee, Chan Kalok. Said the public housing account may even be back in the black next year if there are no further discounts for tenants. The change of the budget from、uh, this year to the next year again, it is really a、uh, reflection of、uh, the rental concession that we have really offer in the year versus that、uh, next year that we are really based on the assumption that there is really、uh, no such、uh, rental concession. But again, that is really the assumption, and of course, that the、uh, housing authority will certainly take into account of the situation to see whether there's any further concession to be offered. Meanwhile, the authority says it's tightening rules for the resale of subsidised flats in an effort to curb speculation. Clarissa Wong, who chairs the authority's subsidised housing committee, said people would have to wait five years up from the current two to sell homes in the secondary market. To put flats on the open market, buyers must wait 15 years instead of 10. She said they tried to strike a balance. We also bear in mind if we introduce too stringent restrictions, that might reduce the number of supplies in the market substantially, and that would, in fact, it would create some impact on the price of the remaining units that are still available in the market. And so that's why we have to do some balancing exercise. More now on COVID-19, and the chairman of the Federation of Beauty Industry, Nelson Ip, says the sector is angry and shocked at the government's move to close beauty parlours for two weeks from tomorrow. He says if the measure remains in force until the Lunar New Year, the sector will lose more than three billion dollars. Mr. Ip urged the government to provide short-term subsidies so beauty parlours could pay staff before the holiday. 啲人我咁講，即係大家都覺得係每次都揾嚟，即係呢十幾個行業嚟制奇，其實嗰、那個那個意義喺邊度 ？Please allow me to say this. Every time is us and ten or so other sectors that have to make sacrifices. What's the point? Over the past one to two years, the chief executive and some former officials have repeatedly praised the beauty industry for its work fighting the virus. We've maintained zero infections so far, so we never expected that we would have to close again. More cities and areas in Henan have resorted to tough curbs as the central province reported 64 new locally transmitted coronavirus infections, 50 of them in Chichang. Nine asymptomatic carriers were also identified, most of them in the provincial capital Zhengzhou. New infections also rose again in the Shaanxi capital Xi'an, despite the strict lockdown on the huge city. Mike Weeks reports. 
The national policy of stamping out clusters quickly as they appear has taken on extra urgency in the run-up to next month's Winter Games, being hosted by Beijing and nearby Hebei. Gushi, a county in Hernan of one million residents, reported one symptomatic case and one asymptomatic carrier, but that was enough for officials to stop people leaving town and dissuade others from coming. The city of Suchang required local officials to minimise movement of people as mass testing of its more than 4 million residents was being rolled out ahead of the weekend. In the Yuzhou part of the city, a million residents are already under lockdown, with people in some areas unable to leave their homes. In others, each household can only send out one person every two days to shop for daily necessities. Luoyang has closed entertainment venues while schools have been suspended in the city of Shangchu. In Yongji, a city in the northern province of Shanxi, authorities ordered all residents to remain indoors after samples taken from a train station turnstile tested positive for the coronavirus. But despite more than two weeks of lockdown, COVID infections in the city of Xi'an jumped from 35 on Tuesday to 63. Eastern Zhejiang province reported five new local cases. There's been fresh gunfire in Kazakhstan's main city, Almata, where security forces are attempting to crush violent anti-government protests. The authorities said they had killed dozens of rioters who tried to storm buildings. Russian troops have arrived as part of a regional force requested by the Kazakh president. The BBC's Abdul Jalil Adrisilov is in Almata. The bustling square of Almaty has turned into a conflict zone with burned down buildings and vehicles. Many are scared to go outside, especially at night, since clashes are continuing. The sounds of shooting and explosions that occasionally break the silence remind people how dangerous it can be to leave their homes. Checkpoints and makeshift barriers block the entrance to the city. There are big queues at petrol stations since fuel supplies are suspended. People struggle to buy food because shopping malls, supermarkets, cafes and restaurants are all closed. Because of internet blockade, people cannot withdraw money, neither can they top up their phones. In Beijing, the foreign ministry spokesman Wang Wenben said the unrest in the neighbouring state was an internal affair for Kazakhstan. China and Kazakhstan are friendly neighbours and permanent comprehensive strategic partners. What is happening in Kazakhstan is the country's internal affair. We believe that the Kazakh authorities can solve the issue properly. We hope that the situation will be stabilized with normal social order restored as soon as possible. President Biden is leading events in Washington to mark the first anniversary of the storming of the Capitol building by supporters of Donald Trump. They were trying to prevent the certification of Mr. Biden's election victory. The president will say that the U.S. must not allow political violence to become the norm. His warning was echoed by the Democrat Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer. When democracy is a danger, it often starts with a mob. And not everyone is part of the mob, but people excuse the mob. People egg on the mob. Donald Trump is still doing that. And we're seeing violence still right now, or threats of violence, against election brokers, poll workers across the country. And too many people excuse the mob, follow the mob. This is how democracy has eroded. History has shown us. A court hearing in Australia on whether the world number one men's tennis player Novak Djokovic should be deported has been adjourned until Monday.
Lawyers for the Serbian tennis star had challenged a decision by border officials to deny him entry because he couldn't justify being exempt from COVID vaccination. An earlier decision by Tennis Australia to allow Djokovic to play in the Australian Open prompted strong public criticism. His long-time rival, Rafael Nadal, said he understood the concerns. It's normal that the people here in Australia get very frustrated with the case because they have been going through a lot of very hard uh, lockdowns and a lot of people were not able to come back uh, home. I believe in what the, the people who knows about medicine says. And if the people say that we need to get vaccinated, we need to get the vaccine. Staying with Sporting and football, Chelsea beat Tottenham 2-0 to take the upper hand in the semi-final first leg of the English League Cup. Kai Havertz and an own goal settled it at Stamford Bridge. With Romelo Lukaku back in the Chelsea team after saying he'd wanted to leave, the club manager Thomas Tuchel was asked what he thought of the performance by his record signing in this latest win. I'm happy with the performance. I like how he played. He was he was strong. He was involved. He was uh, strong and uh, showed huge commitment in our defensive work, which was important and uh, was always dangerous. Always used his body had, uh, and 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 uh, was always uh, was always involved in dangerous situations. Um, I expected it honestly because Romelu can handle pressure and can handle adversity. And um, he, he seemed to be relaxed after after the decision was made and, and after uh, we, we, we finished our talks and he finished his talks and knew what's going on. Jordan Spieth says Saudi Arabia's lucrative investment in golf is a threat to the PGA Tour, but a boost to players. His comments follow the Saudi pledge to pump 200 million US dollars into the game over the next 10 years in prize money, a move that's caused controversy, with activists saying the country is using sport to whitewash its human rights record. Certainly it's a threat to the PGA Tour. Um, I think as a player overall, it'll, it'll benefit in that I think that the changes that have come from the PGA Tour have been modernized in a way that may, may or may not have come about if it weren't there. So I think as for us players on the PGA Tour, I think that so far, you know, it's been something that has kind of helped the PGA Tour sit and say, hey, we're, you know, where can we look to satisfy our membership and potentially make some, some changes going forward. To end the news, a reminder of our top stories tonight. The Home Affairs Chief says sorry as he's forced to go into quarantine after partying at an event attended by a person who tested positive for COVID. Exco member Regina Ebb questions how busy officials found the time to go to the banquet. And members of the public have been taking the final opportunity for a big night out ahead of new social distancing regulations due to come into force tomorrow. And that's the news from RTHK. Commander P.R. Johnson on Mars Flight 247. Very well. Hold on, please. Thank you, operator. Hi, darling. How you doing? Hey, baby. 
A little song from the raw band came out in the late 70s maybe even the early 80s can't exactly remember they also had an instrumental hit called the crunch if you remember that one as well into our second hour this thursday night rthk3 with peter king 